my initial thought was I hope they're getting him to co-anchor CBS this morning as well. When you read more into it, he didn't even get into negotiations with ESPN. On this episode of Against the Grain, I'll explain why people are still underestimating the NFL and its popularity. Come on, guys. It's 2020. Get with the program. We are cutting against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Now your host for Against the Grain. Against the grain. Here's Andrew Perloff. Welcome back to Against the Grain. Uh, we've had a little break, but now the combine's over. We're coming back full strength. I'm Andrew Perloff, your host. I'm here with Mario Miranda, our producer. Uh, I hope, by the way, you've checked out the new Dan Patrick show. Mario, give him the YouTube live stream address. YouTube.com slash the Dan Patrick show. So the show will live there. You know, after it's done, it's archived there. You can okay, watch. Okay. You can Mario. The full, I was going to give the full name. Well, I didn't say give the full thing. I just said, you know, give them a URL they can go to. This is against the grain. This, I thought it was a know, good plug. I really was loaded up for that You don't one. give a plug like eight seconds into the podcast if that's <laughs> that long. All right. So against the grain podcast where we talk about some contrarian ideas for the NFL. And I think I got one for you, Mario. All right. I'm ready to hear so it. So Tony Romo signs a $17 million deal over the weekend. Yes. $17 million a year. Then turns out it's closer to $18 million a year with incentives. Everyone's like... Oh my gosh, I can't believe a, a broadcaster's getting that much. I mean, players were saying he's making more than me. Guys like Odell Beckham Jr. Everyone's like, is he really that much more valuable than all the other announcers? My reaction was, why are people making a big deal of this? Do you realize that CBS is likely going to spend over $2 billion on the NFL in the next contract? Now, I tried to do this on my calculator on my phone. Okay. Do you know what $18 million is a percentage of $2 billion? I'm not a math guy. No, neither I'm, am I. So I'm, my my phone wouldn't let me go up to two billion on the calculator. But why don't you work on that, and I'll continue talking here. Okay. Uh, the point is, it's nothing. This is a nothing investment. If you don't understand how important the NFL is to CBS, it, there is no CBS. There is no either. Blue Bloods. There is no Criminal Minds. There is nothing without the NFL. Mm. That is what is keeping these networks afloat. The other people have said that, but the general reaction from the media was. Oh my gosh, this is a crazy amount to spend. You know, people will watch anything. It doesn't matter. People are underestimating how important and how special the NFL is. And they've been doing that for years. People were surprised when ratings came back last year. People are always surprised that it outrates all the other sports by such a, a large margin. People always say, why are you talking about the Cowboys? Why are you talking about this? It is the sport. And it's the sport by a mile. Mm -hmm. And I, I tend to think the media still has a slight bias against it. And that sounds crazy. It's the king of all sports. I still think they underestimate the sport. I think they underrate the sport. It might be my age, but for me, the NFL is probably the biggest commonality I have with the average person. What can you talk to anybody about? Football. Football. So pro or college? Both. Yeah. Basically, NBA turns off some people. I'm a big NBA fan, yeah. but it turns off some people. NHL and MLB have very, very diehard fans, but not everybody. Yeah. Uh, MMA has some really intense fans, but that's even a smaller percentage in baseball and hockey. Yeah. Football is the common thread. And it's the only thing pretty much today that we all can talk about without it being too polarizing. Yeah. I mean, there's some anti-NFL people. So basically, you got this sport that is the crown jewel of American culture right now, 
but people don't want to admit it. There's always this bias against the league. Now, full disclosure, I used to work for the league, and I understand what I'm saying isn't probably politically correct. I think that the politically correct thing is to say football is bad. You know, there's sort of this idea that it's the old, uh, there's a comedian, George Carlin, who did a bit. Football is all about like war and like all the analogies, throw a bomb and the gridiron. Well, gridiron is not about war, but it's all these combative, militaristic terms where baseball is come home, you know, (laughs) baseball is a softer, cuddlier sport. Football might be aggressive and it might even be more conservative than the other leagues. I mean, I'm not going to get into politics here, but let's face it. It is the league. And I feel like to get all up in arms about Tony Romo is overpaid or any player is overpaid is somewhat ridiculous because I think if anything, the NFL is undervalued and they're making billions of dollars. Am I crazy? We had Mark Cuban on the show, the Mavericks owner in the NBA, and say that football were pigs who were being led to the slaughter. They were getting too greedy by putting together, I think it was the Thursday night package or something. Now, obviously that was a big mistake by Mark Cuban. Uh, I mean, he's, I love Mark Cuban, but mm-hmm. let's face it, not every movie he's made has turned out great. I mean, Dirk was a great pick. Luca was a great pick. But in between, there were some bad ones. I don't think he's right. I think the NFL, if anything, is even slightly undervalued. Is that totally insane, Mario? Uh, when you put it like that, no, it's not. Because, I mean, you look at you, you know, the numbers that it produces, and it's still kind of astronomical to think $2 billion. I feel like people take that slight, uh, lightly, Something you know, a number like that. Two billion, that's just one network. Then yeah. there's in the next deal, there's gonna be all sorts of networks. Now we have two great guests coming on the podcast today. Uh Jimmy Traina, who is the host of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast, an old friend, and Joe Flint from the Wall Street Journal, a media reporter. They're both gonna to react to the Romo deal and talk about what football is gonna be like on TV in the coming years. Uh there's some uh full disclosure, we taped it yesterday and some news has changed. It turned out that uh, CBS looked at Peyton Manning before they looked at Romo. So we talk about the Peyton Manning effect. Right now, I'll tell you right now, if ESPN wants to spend $20 million to get Peyton Manning and then strengthen their bid to get a Super Bowl, that is a nothing investment for what we're talking about here. Because ESPN is doing great with lots of sports. For them to get a Super Bowl, uh, I guess it would be an ABC, ESPN, maybe a simulcast. Mm-hmm. That would be huge. Another interesting thing uh, that especially Joe gets into is the logistics of the next deal is the new media football revolution coming? Are we going to be watching it on our phones? Uh, are the networks going to exist like they currently do? It's a very interesting thing about how they both cover a conference and how that might be going away. So I, I think football is changing a lot, but I would not underestimate the sport. I do not think that they're overdoing it with 17 games. As far as it might be player health, that's one thing, but I think the demand is huge right now. And I think that no one's going to get sick of football after 17 games. I'm not hearing a lot of people no. saying that. But this is the sort of the crown jewel of the sports world. So stop. Give these NFL guys a break. Give these owners a break. They're only making hundreds of millions of dollars a year, Mario. Now, that, that's not my point. Nobody's going to give those owners a break. But don't underestimate football. Don't be surprised. You know, they'll look, oh, my gosh, they did amazing ratings. Yeah, that's what they do. It's football. You know, honestly, it, it also bridges the age gap a little bit, too. I can talk to a 25-year-old guy in my basketball run about football where there are a lot of things that we can't talk about. That's like you true. And, yeah, Me and you and you I talk football. Basically, we have football, a little baseball, and your dating life. That's it. And the dating life is, you know, there's not much there, Mario. There isn't. Yeah. I'd agree. So it's football. You tried football. telling me about your daughters the other day, and I spaced Yeah, you off. have no idea. Oh, can I ask a question? Do single people not want to hear about other people's kids, like the ins and outs? Probably not. 
Yeah, I don't think so. But do you want to hear about who I drafted on my fantasy football team? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. So that may affect me or how I, you know what something I can do on my fantasy football team. Okay, one more quick thought before we get to uh, Jimmy Trainer. Have you noticed that the mainstreaming of prop bets on weird things like where Tom Brady will land? Mm-hmm. I feel like 10 years ago, Vegas never put out a line. Now there's a line on everything. 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 It started off, did it just, is it me or did it just start off with the Super Bowl? What no, props? there was like, but it was more informal before. Now you're seeing them post and realize. Actual, I, I think right. legalized gambling helped this, but you're seeing Tom Brady is a big one. Mm-hmm. You're seeing prop bets like that posted in Vegas. It used to be offshore. You could see those kind of bets, but I think it's become more mainstream, which is really interesting. Talking about like the value of the NFL, it's just going to go up and up with gambling too. I mean, yeah, I don't think what Mark Cuban said was right. I don't think it's pigs being led to the slaughter. I think it's pigs being led to more food. <laughs> I think there's more food and this tendency to underestimate the league. Now, I hope Dan is not listening to this because I've gotten in trouble for defending the NFL. You oh. never want to be the guy defending the NFL because you look like a kind of a jerk on the yeah. show. Yeah. It's easier to rip the NFL. And Dan's always really balanced. Yeah. He's he takes he doesn't really take one side or the other. But I generally feel like if I went on Twitter and defend the NFL, I would get killed. You think so? Twitter does not like the shield. How about we try that tonight? Do you like the NFL as a poll question? Yeah. As a league. Yes. How do you word it? I think just like that. Okay, but do you like the NFL? People say, yeah, I like watching the NFL. No, would you defend the NFL? Yes. I, is think, it a, I think you got to keep it as simple as possible. Or is it a defensible position to think that the NFL... Too wordy. Yeah, you're right. All right, Mario, let's get to Jimmy Traina from Sports Illustrated. Now, my old friend, Jimmy Traina. Jimmy, you're well aware of why I couldn't have you on the podcast before today. Correct? Uh, are we free to talk about that now? We're free to talk. Uh, the Dan Patrick Show is free and clear of DirecTV. The worst company in America. Okay. Well, we're not that free and clear. There's still like some contractual stuff. But you're out there well, tweeting. You Did you ever consider like maybe I shouldn't have all these negative tweets about DirecTV while my friend Andrew Perloff is working for them? Did it ever cross your mind? No, never. Not even once. So how do you watch football? That's my question. And I've been wondering, I wonder about this all the time. If you don't have DirecTV I, and you don't get Sunday ticket and you're a football junkie, how do you do it? I, it was a combination of going to sports bars most weeks. That's what I did. Um, late in the season when, you know, you were able to weed out games that you didn't really need to watch. Then it was easier at home with, uh, multiple computers and streaming stuff. Gotcha. Uh, not legally. And then um, I spent a few weekends at a buddy's house who had Sunday ticket. So I never once had an issue. You're like couch surfing. You're like TV couch surfing on the NFL. That sounds like way too much work. No, I mean, I would say 90% I just went to sports bars every Sunday. Yeah, I see, I'm going to have to do that this fall. So I'm... Probably, maybe I'll meet you up. Are you out on Long Island? Because that'd be fun for a day. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Come yeah. out. You could, uh, I you... got a good place to watch the games. And, you know, listen, I don't, I don't know if we're going to have to deal with this much longer. The NFL is going to get a new contract. And uh, hopefully there's going to be more options than just direct TV. Yeah, that's what I want to get into with, with you. Real quick, though, yeah. what was your initial reaction to the dollar figure with Tony Romo, $17 million? Uh, You know, obviously it was stunning. And... When you read more into it, he 
didn't even get into negotiations with ESPN. The uh, the uh, exclusive window for CBS was was basically he was signed within that window. So uh, you know there were messages, there were stories out there that ESPN was going to offer maybe fourteen million. Uh, I I never expected it to get to seventeen, but listen, more power to him. You take whatever you can get. Now my take is that seventeen is a lot. But yeah. I don't think it's going to be the most for that much longer. And I also think, as you sort of alluded to, NFL and TV is just growing. I don't think that $17 million is going to seem like such a huge deal in five years. Well, I mean, the only thing I would say to you about that is who's going to get more. I mean, I don't know if Aikman would get more from Fox, which the ironic thing about that is he's doing two games a week, whereas Tony's only doing one with Fox having the Thursday night package. Uh, but, you know, listen, a big part of the money here was because the uh, TV networks are going to negotiate with the NFL for new TV deals. The NFL is very big on the networks having A-list broadcasters do those A-list games. Uh, it's been a big issue with ESPN and Monday Night Football. I've heard from multiple people the NFL is not crazy about uh, ESPN's Monday Night presentation. So uh, that was as much a part of this as anything. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, when you get 17 million, it really was the perfect storm of events. You have the TV yep. contract coming up. ESPN's a player in this. Tony is a phenomenal analyst. He is the best in the game. That shouldn't be lost. He's a rare sports broadcaster who's popular on Twitter, which is extremely <laughs> rare. Yep. So uh, it, it all came together for him. And, you know, listen, they had him for three years at a really – low price considering uh, what analysts make. So more power to Tony. Well, I, I thought ESPN might go after a Peyton Manning or the next superstar Hall of Fame quarterback who retires and maybe have to pay him more down the road because of that reason you just mentioned. I mean, they're not getting done on Monday night and they're going to have to pay. And by the way, you said that they didn't negotiate officially with Tony Romo. Are you sure there was no back channel numbers thrown around? Well, I, or? I don't know. First of all, when you just said that ESPN was going to go after a Hall of Fame quarterback for the booth, I, I was totally expecting you to follow that up by saying Andy Dalton. <laughs> He's not ready um, to retire. He's 32. I mean, it's implied. Uh, I mean, redheads play on TV. You know that. Richie they, Cunningham of the NFL. Totally. Uh, listen, who knows what, what happened behind the scenes, but CBS had an exclusive yeah. window with Tony Romo, and ESPN was informally allowed to negotiate. So... Um, who knows? I, you know, and the, the reports out there that ESPN was going to offer 15, I think they would have went for 17 for um, the ESPN, but you know that's all speculation. And what about Peyton? Listen, I mean, we go through this every single year. I mean, I, I said this on my podcast this week, if anyone wants to check that out. Yeah, I, yeah. I love your podcast, by the way. I've told you that many times. And you have Marshawn on this week talking about it? or yeah, what? I had, yeah, I had Marshan on since he broke the story. Um, it was like a bonus episode. The real episode of this week will be out Wednesday with uh, Rachel Nichols. But this is what I said to Marshan on, on my SI Media podcast. You know, Peyton Manning, to me, to me, has made it pretty clear he doesn't want to do this. Now, now you're going to go all out for all this money in the guy who doesn't want to do it? If the guy's not into it and the guy doesn't want to do it, um, I'd be careful. The other thing, too, is, Again, nobody knows what Peyton Manning's going to be in a broadcast booth as an analyst. 
just because he's funny when he has stuff written for him on Saturday Night Live or the ESPYs, that doesn't mean he's going to go into the booth and, you know, become a fan favorite. He's, still, he's never done a game. Nobody knows what he is. So there's a lot of uncertainty there. But, again, as I said a little earlier, ESPN needs names in that booth. They need to make it a star power booth. That's what the NFL wants. ESPN and their new uh, contract negotiations wants a Super Bowl. So who they put in that booth uh, is important. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, you know, I could see them trying to do an Eli Payton type of deal maybe. Yep. But they're going to they're gonna have to do something. That's clear. Yeah, as far as Payton not wanting to be, not wanting this job, I think it's just the classic, uh, you know, if you like a girl, pretend you don't like her thing. I think... I think he'd be, he would want it. Yeah, that's how you do it. It's how I got my wife, Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, you've met my wife. There's no other possible strategy. Although Peyton probably doesn't need I, as much I help. Had, I, had, I have heard over the years from multiple people that would know that the reason Peyton keeps, kept turning down the gig is because he did not want to do games and analyze Eli and yep. Tom Brady. Yeah, of course. So, uh, you know, Eli's done now. Uh so who knows what happens there. But again, he has to want to do it. So I don't know where ESPN goes if, if he doesn't. So I thought you were going to say I've heard from multiple sources over five years how I really got my wife because that got me nervous <laughs> ever as I, yeah. <laughs> um, so it, last serious question, then we could talk like we really talk. In 10 years, right. how are we watching consuming NFL? It's a great question. Um, Maybe this is because I'm an old man. Like me. I'm of, the, I'm of the belief that the majority of people are still going to be watching the NFL on their televisions. Okay. When you, when you, when you look at this season, obviously streaming is a huge thing. Cord cutting is a huge thing. People under 30 basically you know, look at you like they want to vomit if you say you have cable. But the one thing that has survived that is the NFL. The ratings for CBS, NBC, Fox, broadcast television for the NFL, you know, were phenomenal this season. That's still how people consume the NFL. It's a once a week thing. It's a Sunday thing. You know, it's not like baseball, which is, I could see that, you know, it's every day you're streaming it here. Football once a week, Sunday, people are still going to get in front of the television, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the next question was, are you seeing an impact? You, you've obviously been a sports gambler for a long time. It feels like it kind of blew up even more than I actually expected this year, and that's sort of going to fuel all this, too, in the coming years. Um, I nah. don't know if I agree with that. I, you know, they have, there's a couple of shows that are devoted to gambling. I don't think they do that well in terms of numbers. No, I don't I, mean that end. I mean, like, the user experience. I mean, I feel like people are betting more than ever, and it's being talked about more than ever. Maybe not. Maybe, I mean, maybe they've always been betting like this, but I feel like more people are going to get into betting with legalized gambling. I really do. I don't know. What, what I have noticed, and I, this, I could be wrong, but from my personal experiences, what I've seemed to notice is that the daily fantasy is bigger than the betting on the games. I'm, you know, listen, more people play fantasy football than, than bet on the games, I think. And now with the daily fantasy, that is a huge, huge thing. So if you want to lump fantasy and daily fantasy in with gambling, then I, I, I think you got a thing there. 
Well, I wonder, um, but you're not in a legal state. I'm I'm down in Philly a lot, and that's all anybody talks about anymore is sports gambling. See, I guess I don't know. It, I don't understand. Before it was legal, you were always able to bet. I'm, I'm just shocked all these people waited till it was legal to do it. I, I, I guess I, I I was under the impression that like if you didn't bet before, you weren't going to start now that it's legal. But clearly, um, I guess maybe there was more people in that public than I had anticipated. Well, you saw the FanDuel billions of dollars. I mean, the numbers seem huge to me of betting. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. But I mean, listen, and you, a couple years ago, I came to you with my system and you rejected it. You didn't even want to hear it. And it's been uh, oh, God. keeping me at a solid 50% coin flip returns. <laughs> Sports betting, by the way, NFL betting. And I, I've read a lot about this. There's so much information out there. There's so many experts. Like it is, I, I really, I bet a lot this year, quietly under the table. It is so hard to beat that damn spread. Am I, <laughs> is that the most obvious quiet, statement you ever heard? Quietly under the table. You sound like, you know, well, I'm not like I'm not like one of those guys who all of a sudden appears on a certain network as if they've been lifelong gamblers. You know what I'm right. saying? You, you know what I'm talking right. about. Um, so that's why I'm saying quietly. I don't tout it as much as others. So, and you're telling me that with your system, you were at fifty percent, close to it. Yeah, my system. What's this ridiculous system again? No, I'm not telling you now. No, I was I was half kidding. Right? <laughs> well, I remember, like you know, it's funny because you know you know I fall in love with players, right? You know, this right. has gone back well, forever. Bad, bad, bad players, bad players. Well, that's a matter of opinion. But I found like when when my guy Case Keenum was starting a game, I could I would know in advance if he was going to win or lose, and I bet the Bengals all last year and did really well on that. It's, it's you know how you like and uh, I don't want to say I bet for or against them. By the way, I kind of had a feeling. So I did well. That was my only system was sometimes my system is if Andrew Pearl falls in love with a quarterback, you might not want to bet on him all the time. That's well, and what the I quarterbacks got. that I sort of associate you with are Andy Dalton. Yep. Case Keenum. Yep. And aren't you a big Kirk Cousins guy? Yeah. Is that, is that love my right. Kirk D so Cousins. Like, now those guys are all sort of in the same, you know, they can sort of be something lumped together. The quarterback I remember you t- thinking was going to be the next Joe Montana, though, was Bryce Petty. And even for you, that was a rough one. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I watched him at Baylor, and I guess I, I didn't understand how easy it was to play quarterback in that spread system. I, I still, right. like, I just believe that, like, this dude is 6'4". He's thrown for 500 yards a game. This is going to translate to yeah. the NFL. I've been burned. Have you ever been burned by a quarterback that you saw in college and like this guy's going to be great? Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh, I definitely have. I, I'm not, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Yeah. But you know who? I, you know who I thought was going to be a really good, who I thought if he had a, got a chance to play, who he would be good with Aaron Murray when he was at Georgia. Me too. I loved Aaron Murray. He's yeah. right in that Kirk yeah. Cousins school of quarterback. Yeah, he was really good at Georgia. I thought he could be a decent pro, um, but again. Nobody, nobody loved Bryce Petty more than Andrew Perloff. Yeah, luckily that never made the mainstream. You know about that, but most people didn't know about that. Uh, you know, the quarterback this year's class, Jake Fromm, would fall nicely in that category, but I happen to not be that into Fromm. Uh, well, what did they say? He had, a, he had a terrible combine, right? Yeah, small hands. You can't have small hands. Oh, you know who my not quarterback bad. this year is? I uh, This is obvious, but I know Burrow is amazing, but I feel like... Tua is the exciting one, and I've gotten a lot of grief for that on the Dan Patrick show. I love Joe Burrow. I mean, that guy, 
I don't think he made one bad play the entire season. But he did but, not. You're right. What I don't understand about the combine, I don't understand how after the Tom Brady picture that the combine even exists anymore. I mean, to me, all you need to do is look at the picture of Tom Brady from the combine to realize what a complete waste of time it is. But, you know. Well, now it's this huge televised event. I'll bet you the ratings were good and that they might move it to L.A. or Vegas and make it a bigger thing. Did you watch any of it this year? I know you're friendly with Rich Eisen. I saw a tweet tweet like over the weekend about, you know, people going crazy because some offensive lineman ran some, you know, he was, who was like, you know, six foot six, 300 pounds. And he ran some insane 40 times. And I'm just like, okay, but what does that have to do with football? Like, okay. Who's one of the best offensive linemen from the past 10 years? Like like Joe Thomas, Joe Thomas, right. Mitchell, uh, Mitchell Schwartz. You think they had good forties? Like what? I don't understand that getting sucked in by this ridiculous event. Well, it's an excuse for like Lewis Riddick to come on television and talk football because you're so you're so hungry for NFL information. Well, that's true. I, right. I'll give you that. I mean, listen, people watch the schedule release, so of course they're gonna. I, you know, I'm not knocking people for watching the combine. I'm not knocking the NFL for airing the combine. What I what I don't understand is the people though who take what they see there is and, and try to translate it into what happens in the NFL. I mean. Does anyone remember Patrick? Did Patrick Mahomes? He might have. I'm asking. I don't know. What, I don't remember. Was his combine? Yeah, exactly. I read the, the guy won a Super Bowl, so I read my case. Uh, what do you think of this Jordan Love hype? I've seen him like four, five, six in mock drafts now, even though he only had like 21 touchdowns and 17 picks last year at Utah State. Yeah, I, I have no comment on that. I'll come. See, the, this is your problem, be, Jimmy. This is your problem. You will not jump on the future quarterbacks. You just don't get as excited as I do. You're you're in the weeds there on that one, the Utah State quarterback. He's like number like, six you know, in mock. He's going to go right. in the top ten, right? Like was it like uh, Josh Allen, right? Yeah, he's a lot like Josh right. Allen, right? Well, but that's not good. <laughs> some people compare him to Mahomes, too. Well, you know, so I have a friend, by the way. Let's relax. I <laughs> I have a friend, Lance Zierlein, who writes for NFL.com. He writes all the profiles, right. Uh, right. and. Over the last several years, like that, you know, the one thing at the bottom is his player comp, and he has to match the player to a current NFL player, and it's right. always trouble because the old guy, you know, like, basically, it's very hard, you know, if you have a white receiver, not to go white receiver. Like Cooper right. Cup cannot go to West Welker right. or whatever. Right, right. So uh, that is like, right. I feel bad. Like sometimes like, you have to overcorrect in that area. That's a tough one, but Let's- yeah. See, like, here's the difference between you and I. You, you really are a legitimate, hardcore, like, in the weeds football fan. Where, like, you're into the combine and the yeah. Utah State Court. Like, here's what I, I want to know: one thing, one thing. I don't care about anything right now except one thing. Where's Tom Brady going to play next year? Oh, um, yeah. Like did you think he looked a little funny in that Syracuse video this weekend? Like Tom did. He he, he looked like he wasn't thrilled with uh, with uh, Julian Edelman. Yeah. He's just like, they looked, I don't know what it is. Like his look is sort of, it's kind of been, you know, I'm a big, you know, I, I like to judge quarterbacks looks. Tom's been inconsistent the last couple of years as he sort of ages. I don't even think he's a, the best looking quarterback who anymore. Who would that be? I think Jimmy G is making, catching up on him. And I mean, I could yeah. go down the list. Cam Newton's handsome. I'm, I don't know. Who, who's your favorite? I listen. I mean, does anyone ever argue about Jimmy G? <laughs> no. How could you? How could you? Uh, what if? What if you like these rumors about like some big trade, like Brady for Garoppolo or anything like that? I mean, 
here's it. Normally, in a situation like that, I would say, oh, it's so stupid, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But anything's possible with Bill Belichick. Yeah. And nothing would surprise me. Well, Dan Patrick calls all this wishful reporting. Like, the media is just sitting around and sort of like, we need Tom Brady content. And, you know, uh, you and I have been in the media for a while. There seems to be some truth to that. Oh, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, some of these people wake up one day and they say, okay, I'm going to write that Brady's gone. And then they wake up a week later and they're like, oh, he's definitely staying. Like, it's just, you know, <laughs> cover yourself and throw it all out there and get the clicks and, you know. Uh, Jimmy, I yeah, appreciate absolutely. it. And now that uh, now that I'm not with DirecTV, you can, maybe next time you can tell the story about the holes in your roof. <laughs> Are those anytime. fixed? Are those you fixed? Come on anytime and, and support whoever your company is now that it's not DirecTV. You're the best. Talk to you soon, buddy. Take care. Be Later. well. All right. That was my old friend, Jimmy Traina. Uh, he he knows who, who has the inside information. He knows who's got the system. He knows who's going to make him some money. That's me, Mario. Yeah, my system is still, I'm still working on some of the finer points. Okay. Yeah, he, uh, he always makes fun of me because I walked into the office one day and said, Jimmy, I got a system. And he's like, yeah, so you're outsmarting Vegas. <laughs> uh, because he's, he's made many a bet over the year. He's won many and lost many, but he's a great friend. Our next guest is also a great friend and a really, really smart TV media, not just sports, but understands the whole TV landscape. And he's going to fill us in on the details of where the NFL stands right now with their TV contracts. Here's Joe Flint from the Wall Street Journal. All right, Joe. So what was your initial reaction when you saw $17 million for Tony Romo and CBS? My initial thought was I hope they're getting him to co-anchor CBS this morning as well. Uh, yeah, it's an awful lot of money for, for Romo. Uh, you know, but like, like you, know, you guys were saying on the show this morning, it's no different than, than Big Bang money. He's basically getting a million dollars an episode, so to speak. Uh, so I think it was important for CBS to send a, a message to their audience, to their advertisers, to Wall Street, that they're serious about keeping the NFL. I mean, I'm sure Romo has an out in his deal should CBS lose the NFL. And I'm not saying the NFL will do a deal with CBS because they have Tony Romo. But it doesn't hurt, and you know it's a, it is a message to send. So, if they're spending a billion dollars on the NFL, and some people are spending even more, what's seventeen million? I feel like the number isn't as as being presented as super gaudy, but the overall cost it's sort of like uh, that's a speck compared to other the big ex- expenditure here and everything it does for the network. Yeah, I mean they and they're going to spend a lot more than a billion on the NFL in their in their next deal. And the Romo contract will have another, you know, there'll be a trickle down effect. Some people will get raises off of it. Other people will try to get raises off of it and be shown the door. Uh, but even with dropping uh, big 10, you know, which did free up a little money for the next NFL bid, it'll be curious to see, you know, where CBS does try to trim costs or where Viacom CBS is company now is does that. And, maybe in other areas of the company that we wouldn't necessarily think about with football. But, but yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, uh, Romo's salary is a, a drop in the bucket to what they, what they pay for the NFL. And I do think you know, he's kind of the John Madden of, of today. And yeah. Madden was making an equal, you know, there's a point when Madden was making more than NFL players as well. So you know, certain commentators 
are worth that if they're seen as people who can bring in an, a non-football audience as well, or at least not keep a non-football audience from coming in. Well, is Romo really, like Madden felt like he was 1A with no 1B, but Romo is great and uh, well-loved, but is he that much ahead of Aikman and Collinsworth? And is it possible that ESPN will have to pay, say, a Peyton Manning or a Hall of Fame-type quarterback even more than Romo? Do you think it's, I mean, I feel like in a few years, he won't be the highest paid color guy. Well, it, uh, I'm sure there's always other other folks out there. I mean, but uh, right now he's probably the, the, the top. I don't think any of them, maybe I'm just showing my age, we can compare to Madden just because Madden really did have a way of simplifying the game. I mean, maybe the game was simpler then too, I don't know. But he didn't get caught up in so much complexity the way these guys do now. And I know the game is, is like that, but I'm not sure telling people it's an RPO is, is doing <laughs> a heck of a lot for the uh, you know average viewer or someone who doesn't live and breathe this stuff. I'm not sure it adds anything, but Oh yeah. So there's someone else in the wings, either someone current, whether it's a, whether it's an Aikman or a Collinsworth or someone, you know, maybe in three years we're talking about how much Peyton Manning or Drew Brees is getting. So, you know, enjoy it while you, while you can Tony. Yeah. What do you think of Peyton Manning possibly to ESPN or, or what do you think the move is for the Monday night football booth? I'm sure that they will again look at look at Peyton, and certainly he's indicated in his other activities we see him on that he may have he has a persona that could potentially translate to the booth. I mean, the flip side, of course, is there's so many that haven't, uh, you know, whether it's Joe Montana or or other 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 folks who just didn't really make a good transition into announcing or or commentating, or even my favorite head coach Joe Gibbs. He went to NBC after leaving the Redskins, and uh, I think it was NBC, and he, he wasn't really a great commentator. So I don't remember uh, that at all. Joe Gibbs was in the booth. Yeah, Joe Gibbs was in the booth or the pregame. It might have been the pregame. He might have been a pregame host for uh, for NBC, I believe. And uh, yeah, Joe Gibbs is a nice guy and a great coach, but but you know, a lot of these guys aren't necessarily ready to to take oh. on that. Now you're in a new role. You have to critique. You have to be candid. You. You have to separate yourself from your other world, and well, I think Peyton probably could, but you know we need to see it. Take a step back here. You're a Redskins loyalist, so you think Joe <laughs> Gibbs is a nice guy. I saw Joe Gibbs at a football game about three years ago. Hey, so uh, you work on the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, why don't you guys talk about NASCAR more? And I'm like, I hated you with all my guts growing up as an Eagles fan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he wasn't the warmest, friendliest guy. And I don't think he came off like that on TV either, by the way. I, I, I'm not sure Joe Gibbs was... Uh, I'm not surprised he didn't work out. Does that mean? I mean, am I allowed to pick on Joe Gibbs now? He's a Hall of Famer. Well, he's a Hall of Famer. But I, look, I can't speak to his, his persona. You don't have the success he had by necessarily being, you know, Mr. Softy. Yes! I, I think just because he didn't swear, people assume... You know, and he talked a lot about the Lord in his life and everything. But, you know, I've heard stories. Certainly he could lose it in a locker sure. room. Well, how do you and, know? Uh, how do you know? Like everyone thought Rex Ryan was going to be great and he's gotten mixed reviews. I think he's getting better. But how do you know with a player or a coach if they're going to be good in the booth? Is there any way to predict this? Have you ever had any success predicting it? I, you know, I, I haven't. I mean, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I assume. I hope what they do is. Give, test these people out, of course, you know, with more, you know, multiple games and calling things. Although then you look at what happened with Jason Witten and it's like, did you, did you do any testing here? Did you just 
you know, or you, did you just throw him in automatically thinking he would be, he would be great. Who knows? Maybe Witten gets a second chance in a few years and, and comes at it completely differently. But um, I also think a lot of it has to do with, and you guys talked about this morning too, I mean, in the case of Tony Romo, uh, a Jim Nance who gives him the space, but keeps him on a leash. And you know, if you've got a, especially a new player, player turned analyst doing it, it really helps to have a good veteran yes. play-by-play guy to bring along that, that analyst and learn to get coax out the best from him. And not every, not every play-by-play guy is capable of doing it or wants to do it. You know, there may be a little bit of that, Brett Favre, this sort of thing. I'm not here to train Aaron Rodgers. Right, totally. Um, so, yeah, that's the other factor. You, you do have to, there is chemistry involved in this. So, Joe, we were talking earlier on the podcast. What's the NFL going to look like in 10 years? How will the average fan be watching it? It'll just come to us in our head. It will just yeah. demand football and it'll show up in, our, in front of our eyelids. No, I, I think the next round of NFL deals are are probably the talks are probably going to start up as soon as the CBA is over. And I, I don't think the big shift everyone has been anticipating with moves to digital and Amazon and, and other platforms. I don't think we're there quite yet. I think for the most part, we're going to see the current situation remain in place with the Sunday packages on CBS and, and Fox and, and Sunday night on NBC you know, Monday night, stay, you probably stay the same. There might be a new package. I don't want to give away too much because I'm working on a story here, so I don't want to blow my own stuff. But I do think the league will try to carve out a new package uh, somehow. They were really good at splitting up that pie and not, you know, annoying the other. Well, they annoy them, but not so annoying the other rights holders that they walk. I think the NFL, you know, they know they're going to gouge the incumbent right, rights holders but they also want to have multiple partners, multiple bidders. They don't want to gouge them so much that a CBS throws up its hands and says, well, this is not worth it to us anymore. Good luck. But I think in 10 years, when this next round of deals is up, you know, depending on what the universe looks like, sure, there could be a, an Amazon package or a Sunday, you know, Sunday, if Sunday tickets still exist, I doubt it will be on direct TV. I mean, I have fantasies that the league may figure out another way to do Sunday ticket uh, to make it more broadly available to everyone. I wonder if we'll still have NFC, AFC packages. That's the thing we may see in this next deal where Fox, no lo- it's no longer Fox has NFC and CBS has the AFC. They may just sort of create an A package and a B package. And, you know, they'll bid on that. Or every week it may shift to which games each one will have. Tricky to do. But- wow. It might be a way for the NFL to raise the, you know, up the money factor that, there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I wait, I mean, Joe. What's the uh, what's the time frame on those changes that could happen in the next deal? What season are we talking about? Well, I do. I think the the one I just mentioned, I think, is being debated now. The whole idea of an A package and a B package on Sunday afternoon. The challenge. I don't want to get way down in the weeds for your listeners here, but. What I'm told, Fox will push back hard against something like that because Fox has been buying up TV stations in markets where there's NFC teams. So, like, Fox bought a TV station in Seattle. They bought a TV station in Carolina. If suddenly their Seattle station is not carrying, you know, uh, whatever it might be, 
taking out Monday and Sunday night football and national games. Suddenly they're not carrying 11 Seahawks games or 12 Seahawks games, but only eight because some of them are now being cross-flexed to CBS in that market. That would, that would be a very tough sell to Fox. Wow. Um, and I think CBS may have some issues too, but I'm told Fox is the one that has been more aggressive about wanting to own TV stations in as many NFC markets as possible. And if they're not selling the games in that way anymore, then Fox, you know, might push back and say, no, you're not, you know, we'll give you another billion dollars, but not, you know, we're not going to take this with it. So we'll see. But um, I think we will see a new package carved out, um, you know, the end and, and, uh, and uh, otherwise, and, and maybe again, you know, a Thursday night uh, sharing with, with Amazon or, or whoever the next over the, you know, digital sucker is. Uh, <laughs> but otherwise, <laughs> I, I do think that it's the next package after this one where we might really see those more significant changes as viewing patterns totally have you know gone out the window and traditional media may not exist the way we know it so are you one of those guys plus with football and that sort of thing are you one of those people who thinks that maybe the nfl is the last thing that is keeping the three network system alive sorry four network with fox it's certainly one of them yeah um and uh, it's, um, you know, not the only one, but it, it's vital to them because the NFL is so important that when CBS goes to the cable operators to carry their channel, they leverage the NFL to get higher fees. And they go to their local TV stations that carry their programming and say, you've got to pay us more now so we can pay more for the NFL. So it, it is definitely you know, a big thing. I mean, all, you know, live, you know, NFL, live events, you know, that's why you see so much unscripted shows, more unscripted shows, more award shows, hmm. that sort of thing, because that's what's helping the broadcast network stay relevant. Got it. So one more question about broadcasting future. You know, the, the multi-channel approach like ESPN on national championship night or live streams, you know, like say, Barstool will live stream during an actual game. Do you think we're going to see multiple broadcasts of the same game from any of the big players? And also, are we going to have any more? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a comedian or a Tony Kornheiser. Like, are they? Are we going to continue with this model of a veteran broadcaster and a former player in the booth? Or do you think there's a is someone going to try something like a Dennis Miller move again in the future? I'm sure someone will I'll go to the last one first because yeah. it's the most fun. <laughs> I I hope someone tries something like that in the in the in the future. I, I know there wasn't you know the Dennis Miller thing had had mixed results and putting Rush Limbaugh the pregame show may not have been the best idea if you remember that one. Uh, that didn't last long. No, no, it didn't. But I do think some innovation could be good. I don't know. Uh, you know, how you determine who that right person is or who that voice is. But Lord knows I'm for freshening things up. I I don't know about you. I can't watch pregame shows anymore. I mean, the only one I used to be able to sort of stomach was Sunday night football because they had the day's events to talk to you about and what happened on the field and highlights. And, yeah, I'm Dan and Tony. I like all that. But the morning Fox and CBS shows, they're just, they're just painful. 
Uh, I'm sure I'm showing my age, but I go back on YouTube and look at old clips of Brent Musburger, and you are looking live. I'm like, boy, they didn't complicate this with, you know, these four guys, you know, for an hour babbling and and just just (laughs) would love to see some innovation there or maybe reduce it to 30 minutes. God forbid they reduce something in time. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that's definitely something I, I would say we can't, totally rule that out. Of course, the league will have a say. I mean, the NFL isn't going to necessarily say like, yeah, sure, you can put Adam Sandler in the booth. <laughs> oh, I love that. That yeah. I, would, I would, you know, give me a Will Ferrell or an Adam Sandler in the booth and I am all over it. I don't know that those guys would ever want to do that for 17 or 18 or whatever many weeks we're going to have <laughs> moving forward. Yeah. But... But, uh, yeah, or Jim Brockmeyer. You know, maybe Jim Brockmeyer can do some football as well as as well as baseball. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, I, I do think they should try, you know, at least try to mix it up. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, we will talk very soon. All right, no problem. Thank you. There you go, Mario. Can you believe that, that they might not break up the AFC and the NFC like they do now. I have always grown up where one network had the NFC, you know, and the, and the Eagles. Well, it used to be CBS, and then it was Fox. And then NBC, and then CBS had the other, uh, the AFC. Well, we've seen it more now interchange because I'm a Jets fan, and I've yeah. always grown up watching the Jets on CBS. But this year, I feel like well, even more so, we've seen them on Fox. They, they have a couple. They have a couple games that they can switch over. But I really am very curious about this A and B package. So is that is the NFL going to help out one network over the other? It felt for like a long time they were mad at ESPN, and they, because ESPN was bashing on the league so much, they uh-huh. gave up a terrible Monday night schedule. <laughs> then all of a sudden it got better, and then the Thursday night. It's funny as DP has always pointed out, Fox paid all this money. All of a sudden these great Thursday night games. It's not the Jags, Titans every week. So. Yep. It's really fun. Uh, I maybe we're way too in the weeds with all this scheduling minutia, all this TV minutia. But I, I kind of, you know, I kind of dig this stuff because, again, it proves my point. The NFL is super, super hella popular. Hella, I like that. Yes, that's a young word. Young word from what? Nineteen ninety nine? No, that's the kids are using that nowadays. Oh, is it? No, that, that was it, that was in in the like around the turn of the century. Oh, really? Yeah. So I mean, it's probably making its way back because I that just so it just sad. came up recently. That is so sad. Oh man. Well, I hope you enjoyed it against the grain. Make sure you subscribe and again give him uh, the plug for the Dan Patrick Show YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. Everything you need to see is there. That was so much more succinct. That was great. Uh, check it out. Hey, what's your Twitter address too? Mario, M-I-R-13. Wow, that's easy to remember. And I'm Ed Andrew Perloff. (laughs) But uh, make sure you check us out and subscribe to the Against the Grain podcast. Talk to you later.